0: people of the world welcome to the happy conversation idea show where you can witness thoughts ideas and stories of the happiest people and we got a very special guest today but before we start to begin let's forget the old myth once and forever that money is a bad and not important thing money is important it is just important to buy food clothes, the shelter, and the education it provides. The doctor builds its pace. Money is important to any person who lives in a civilized society. Nothing will take place of the money in the area which money works. So what is money? Money is the harvest of our production and services as a person in which we can use the production and services of others. You will still hear people say, oh, money won't bring happiness. <laughs> the earning in the possession of money has brought a lot more but a lot of more happiness than the poverty. So money is a warm home, healthy children. It's a birthday present, the, the college education, a trip abroad, and it means a lot of to help to the older people uh, and, and to the less fortunate one. We're not saying piling up too much money is important, but wealth is important. But why it is more important, let's hear from our special dignified guest, Harvey Conner, who is a millionaire, million dollar earner, author, former corporate trainer, CEO, and owners of the Network Marketing Company. Welcome, my friend, Harvey, to the show.
1: Hey, happy, happy to
0: be here. <laughs> yes, I am so excited. And all the audience were so excited to be here, too, as well, to see you and learn and witness and sh- hear all your vast
1: wisdom. So It's, it's interesting why you just opened about money, because I've always said, you know, when people say money isn't everything, I agree, but it's up there next to oxygen.
0: So true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Harvey. Thanks. So my first question to is please tell us about your story from the farm boy to entrepreneur, to the network marketing leader. You're one of the greatest and prominent person in, in North America and all over the world.
1: Yeah. Well, happy to share that. You know, uh, we all have our stories. Um, I'm speaking to you from my home, downtown Vancouver, and I grew up uh, in the uh, Delta Ladner area. Of okay. British Columbia. And my i my parents bought a dairy farm when I was five years old. And I lived on that farm with my parents up until I was graduating from high school. And uh, during the time on the farm, I developed some amazing work ethic. I had no choice. Um, okay. I had to get up every morning and milk cows and shovel manure. and <laughs> uh, I had to ride my bicycle in the cold winter up to a for a mile up to a corner store where I caught a school bus to go into Ladner, BC to go to school. And, wow. uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, um, as time went on, my parents, you know, my mother was 44 when I was born. So but she was just hoping for the day that I would graduate. So my brother and I could take over the farm. Well, okay. one thing I learned after 15, 13, 15 years on the farm, that cows do not have holidays. And, uh, and I was not going to spend the rest of my life, uh, being a slave to cattle. And my brother didn't want to do that either. And so I, I said, no. So they said, okay, we'll sell the farm. Um, but you got to go to university and I didn't want to go to university. And that was another big disappointment to my parents. And the reason why I chose my path, you know, in the moments of decision, destiny is shaped. And, uh, the reason why I decided to not go to university during the time that I had my driver's license at age 16 I took a big I took a big interest in cars and I started wow. I started to buy these old cars and fix them up and sell them and I realized that it was much more exciting and profitable to work for profit rather than work for wages.
0: Wow, I, I love that. You know,
1: and if I had to go to school to get a job, I would be a wage slave to somebody else's company or dream. So I didn't want to do that. So yep. I left school. I got out of school. And by the way, I was really successful flipping cars. I'd bought and sold enough cars from age 16 to 18. By the time I was 19, I was driving a brand new Corvette Stingray paid for cash. Woohoo! <laughs> and uh, anyways, the long and short of it is, is when I got out of school, I decided to go into car racing. Well, I didn't have no time to buy and sell cars, so I started getting a job, a job, and I had three jobs. Yeah. I used to work at Pepsi Cola in Burnaby. I used to load trucks as a forklift operator. I worked at a gas station so I could work on my cars. I had a magazine route, and wow. I was I was always broke, and because uh, I was trading time for money. And uh, I got a call one day from a friend's brother, who said. If Harvey, if you had all the money in the world, and the time to enjoy where would you spend your time and money? And I said, I'd have the fastest race car in the country. Wow. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and he said, well, are you open-minded enough to come and listen to a presentation? I said, sure. <coughs> so I, I had no, you know, I had no business clothes. I had holes in my jeans that, and they were not Armani's. They were just poverty jeans. And, <laughs> and, uh, I, but they were clean. And I went down and I sat in this meeting in downtown Vancouver And I almost died because the presentation was selling cosmetics. And I thought, oh, my goodness, uh, I can't sell cosmetics because my my friends are going to call me a perfume peddler. I'm a motorhead mechanic, not a perfume peddler. uh, (laughs) But, you know, I stayed and I listened. And all of a sudden, my mind expanded to realize what an amazing opportunity that this company had. They said, hey. You don't have to sell cosmetics you don't have to wear the makeup or put it on you just need to recruit and build a team of people to do that the company will train them and you'll get an override on the sales of the group and i thought hey that sounds cool so i was all in big problem they wanted five thousand dollars to sign up for a basement full of cosmetics i had 50 bucks
0: Wow, 50 bucks and, and, and a deal of 5,000.
1: So, but you know what? There's an old saying that, you know what? If you know where you're going and you have a strong enough why, you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll find the how. So, so true. I, I left there real in a hurry to find the, the $5,000. And I tell you what, short of robbing a 7-Eleven store, I put together the money. I, I, uh, I got involved. And the first thing that happened to me that changed my life forever, two things. The guy that sponsored me, who later quit, but he gave me a book <laughs> called Think and Grow Rich.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And he gave me a, a recording from Earl Nightingale called The Stranger's Secret. A
0: secret, wow. And,
1: but here's what's, here's what's interesting. That recording was a 33 and a third vinyl record. Wow. That's how long ago this was. Interesting. And, yes,
0: I know that. Yeah. And,
1: I, and I played that record so many times that I wore the grooves out and I had to throw it away. But what the idea of the record was is that you become what you, you think about, think about it most of the time. Most of the
0: time. So true. You become... Yeah. Have- all
1: I wanted was fast race cars and a lot of money. I wanted to get rich. So that's what I was thinking about all the time. And, uh, and then the, the Think and Grow Rich book said anything the mind can conceive it can believe it can achieve right so, so true i can believe it i'm going to achieve it so i thought i was going to make a million dollars my first year and i mean that's a little naive for a 21 year old guy right yes but hey i was thinking big so the first year i was all in i was passionate i was the proverbial pain in the butt to everybody that knew me because all i did was recruit 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 right yeah and uh You know what? I failed miserably. I only made $67,000 my first year, which was you could buy a house in Vancouver for about i know ten thousand dollars i made 70 i spent 80 but it changed my life forever that's how i got wow. started that's how i got started that's
0: great that's the wonderful story inspiring and empowering that how you started from scratch and for milking cows and going <laughs> toward network marketing and have nothing no no education <laughs> on that area well that's great now you've been in, you've been into network marketing for more than 50 years yes, audience it's five zero, fifty years. most people don't even stay engaged for long many uh, seems to changing the company, et cetera and you have undergone and so strong than ever you are I believe 70 plus 73 something that's so that's what true. is the, what is the recipe for the success?
1: Well you know the, the real blessing to me when I got started I had already laid as a result of my upbringing, my parents, the love of my family, I'd already had ingrained in me some very solid principles. And principles are are forever, right? And one was work ethic. Um, The other one was to never complain about anything. My parents were Christian and they always, you know, they always talked about being grateful. I had a great work ethic, but because I started flipping those cars, I was actually developing some entrepreneurial mindset that I, I didn't go to school for, right? True. So, and I understood the limitations of trading hours for dollars. So when network marketing came along, and I you know you don't go looking for it, it finds you. Um, and they gave me those books to read. I just realized that I had to work harder on myself than my business because the key to success. Was the mindset and how to develop yourself, and yeah. I I memorize entire passages out of Think and Grow Rich, and use those uh, uh, passages to train and inspire my new distributors, my new recruits. So that was, that was what I was paying it forward. I was paying it forward. So I was always focused on developing and building people rather than building the business. And when you build the people, you build the business.
0: It's true very true well that's a great answer on that one well this is great strategy now you you mentioned earlier in the vancouver time and the early time you earned money so you earned almost like seventy thousand in 1969 where where when vancouver they were selling the home for only for just for ten thousand dollars that was a big money at that time eh? so it, it must have been a difficult in the late 60s i believe to build an organization without any of the total technology today's technology there that we have available today so hey, how how you were able to do so well without internet cell phone and and all sort of new devices
1: Well, you know it's, it's really crazy you bring that up because uh, when i hear people complain today and new newcomers into our profession that they have a hard time you know building yeah. a business i'm thinking oh my god i mean when i my goodness, when I got started, you're right. I mean, the only people I could sell to is those that I yeah. could drive to within my geographic area, my town, right? Yes. And we we didn't have any uh, auto subscription like Prime or anything. We had to buy the product and deliver the product. So I mean, it was very slow going. But the equalizer that may, gave me the tremendous success yes. was my I was on a mission. And I just I was I was unstoppable from the point of you know, when I went out, I didn't go out purposely to prospect to find people, but when I went out, I automatically did because that was my mission and my purpose. And let me explain what I mean by that. You know, one of the things that was stated by Earl Nightingale, he said if you take 100 people at age 60, or at uh, age 25, yes. after, the, after they've been out of university or college for a few years, a- and then you follow them through age to 65 after 40 years in the workforce, you know, there's only one that becomes rich, four are financially independent, five are still yeah. working because they have to, 36 are dead and 54 are dead broke. Now, oh, wow. so I just made a commitment, A, that I was never going to be one of those broke people and that I was going to be rich. So I was going to be a one to a five percenter and I, wa- I was on a mission to save everybody I could reach that they don't wanna go down that path either. It's come along. This is a life raft. Network marketing is a life raft to change those statistics. So I just was so passionate. I yeah. wouldn't enga- get, anytime I went anywhere, I was standing in line for a coffee, uh, not a coffee shop, but in a supermarket, washing yeah. my car. I would at- engage people. I was a people person. I just would compliment people, ask them about what's going on in their life. And if I could find some pain or some dissatisfaction, all I did I just asked if they were open for a solution and that's how I got around the technology wow.
0: excellent and and you talk about the passion so when when you you are certainly a passionate advocate for the network marketing business model right even though I know that you have have a purpose in a real estate also development in in late seventies as well like the other traditional businesses too. So why do you feel that so strongly about the network marketing versus any other types of business?
1: Well, you know, um, well, the nice thing about it, I can give a a really qualified answer to that because I have been a real estate developer in Australia. I used to flip houses. Uh, I uh, was a fashion jewelry giftware manufacturer with three factories and a $100,000 a month payroll uh, before I could get paid. So I know about traditional business. And from my perspective as a veteran entrepreneur and successful network marketer, none of these other businesses make any sense to me because first of all, um, what happens is, if, and the best way to describe this is somebody, if they want to know why I feel this way, they should buy the book called the four quadrants from Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Excellent. Kiyosaki yeah. said there's four ways to make money. You either have your job, J-O-B, trading time for dollars with no leverage. You show up, you get paid. You don't show up, you don't get paid, right? Now, yeah. uh, then there's a small business and all you've done there is buy yourself a job. Most people yeah. end up working in their business as an employee, taking care of business rather than uh, having somebody else and building their business. Yes. So all you've done is become a slave to your own, your own job, your own business. And then, but... People that have systems, can like franchising, they can exponentially grow their business and they can go play golf while their managers are running the various locations. Well, most people don't get to that point. And the ultimate one is, of course, passive income. And that gets to the next question, or the next part of the answer is that there's only two ways to become financially free. You either have to have a passive income from money making money for you with investment stocks, bonds, or maybe real estate, uh, rental real estate, or you need to have residual income coming in from maybe the sale of books or records recordings or software and residuals coming in all the time. Now Hmm. in the first category, people don't have enough discretionary capital to actually invest big enough to to retire and, and being a landlord is a big headache. But anybody that has a desire can be a network marketer, start small and grow a business and become financially free from a positive cash flow oh. every single month.
0: Wow, fabulous. What a great and impactful answer, uh, Harvey. It's such a wonderful um, strategy you've explained now. So what? what's the difference between having a job mentality versus an entrepreneur mindset?
1: Well, you know, the, the real challenge for most people is that you know, the industrial age getting a good job is actually an industrial age idea. <laughs> and uh, that was when there were factories and uh, people would go on production lines. Well, today it's the same kind of a thing because people are maybe not on a factory production line building Model T Fords, but they're in a cubicle in an office tower, p- yeah. looking at a monitor screen and trading hours for dollars. And everything that people are told as they grow up including their parents, is get a good job and uh, work with a good company and, and retire, you know, with a retention. Well, in today's business model, you know, that's all destroyed, especially since the pandemic. I mean, yeah. job doesn't exist anymore and it affected everybody. So the, uh, here's the difference. The majority of the workforce, employees, it doesn't matter whether you're a blue-collar worker, whether you're a white-collar professional, they go through their life True. looking for a better job, a bigger title on their business card, better benefits, more pay, and also more stress. <laughs> but <laughs> so what happens is the difference between them and an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur goes through life looking for just one great opportunity because they know if they can hook up to one great opportunity, it's the equivalent of a lifetime of work. True. True. So that's excellent. The, that's, that's the that's difference. difference and you me. know what? Grant Cardone or Cardone, yeah. he, he says that opportunity is more important than money.
0: Uh-huh. And also that
1: agree. without the right opportunity, talent has little or no value.
0: So true. I agree on that. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful answer. I'm so, so happy that our audience are also enjoying this one. So, so tell us, what are the biggest challenges for a new distributor faces with the network marketing these days? Because you know, there, are, there are so many kind of network marketing companies and how to identify. So what are the biggest challenges for distributors?
1: Well, the biggest, the first challenge is the connection challenge, how they actually get connected to a okay. network marketing opportunity. You know, when you go get a degree or a skills course or take a special training, you then yeah. have these credentials and you go looking for the right employer. But you don't go to school to get a degree in network marketing. So how you end up with network marketing (laughs) is whoever gets to you first. Yes. So what happens is a well-meaning friend who is all excited about their newfound path to riches or their miracle cure product comes knocking on your door and wants you to look at something. Right. But the problem is they didn't go to school to learn about how to evaluate the companies that they're looking at. So it becomes a blind leading the blind. And as a result, um, I mean, if I got to you first, you would never be in any other company. But if somebody got to you before me, then you drank the Kool-Aid and you are hooking your dreams to a company that may not live up to your expectations. So So what happens is many times and most times maybe that the first company you join in network marketing is not your last last one. You're going to be looking again because you will be disappointed. Now that causes a problem. Because if you are flipping over and changing companies, your friends are going to look at you and say, hey, you were, you know, you were like on drugs the last time you talked to me about your company. What happened to that one? Why is this one better? So (laughs) every, every time that you make a switch, you are lessening your personal credibility with your warm market contacts. Yeah. So, I always say you've got to make sure you find the right company that mm-hmm. is a fit for you and you need to know the right answers to get sure. make the educated decision. Number 1. So that's the first challenge. Um the other thing that happens is that some of the best p- prospects are business owners, right? And yeah. because they know about business, the problem there is a lot of traditional business owners will discredit network marketing opportunities due to the small startup costs they don't consider a real business. Well, that is such a warped mentality. I mean, investing $100,000 with a $15,000 month rent and employees and all that, how is, how is that such a wonderful choice to have a traditional business? Not I thought... I got started for less than a thousand bucks and within 18 months, I was making uh, over six figures a year with no overhead and no employees and nothing. So that's, that is, but getting back to your question, when you are recruiting your team, here's, here, here's something that I, my mentality, my mindset, you know, in Vancouver, we used to have the Grizzlies. We lost them. I am a big NBA fan. So let's say I wanted to start a NBA franchise in Vancouver. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to go build a team. So I'm going to look for my three pointers, my guards, my shooters. But I'm really, really, really looking for LeBron or you know, yeah. or uh, you know, Curry or something. and that all, yeah. Is, they're going to take me all the way to the championship, right? So when you go out and start recruiting, don't recruit the bottom barrel, you know, bottom fish in the barrel, right? You want to yeah. build a team of leaders, winners. Business-minded, entrepreneurially-minded no, people, and great. when you do, and when you do that, your business grows because their circle of friends, the people it's they it. hang around together, uh, the people they hang around together, they are uh, like-minded, so they're going to grow the same kind of people.
0: Excellent. Well, that's a great answer, Harvey. You have shared on that. Um, so m- most of the time, that they're, they're, uh, they they tend to not to do the due diligence about the which company market will be good for them. So I usually say in network marketing that if you don't love your product of the company, how would you sell to others? So it's good to understand that, try the products. You see that whether you can be the first customer or not, if you cannot be the customer of the company, how would you sell to somebody else?
1: That's a very valid point. If, uh if that, unless the backbone of the business model, ultimately you want to have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers consuming the products on a reorder and hopefully a highly consumable product, life-changing product that's efficacious, right? So, hmm. but if you wouldn't buy the product and consume it yourself and you're only getting involved because you want to make some money, that's yeah. not a good reason to join the company. So
0: true, I agree, strongly agree on that. Because there is no emotion and feelings behind the product, how would you try to sell and to convince in a positive way to other to become a distributor and be your followers? Great. So next, we move on on that. So according to this, now what are the biggest mistakes people make when they are investing?
1: Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> they uh, first of all, they uh, they should when they come in. They first of all need to invest in themselves. <laughs> I love
0: that. I love yeah. that. That's what Warren I mean, Buffett says. The biggest investment you do, you do it in yourself. I agree. That's strongly. right.
1: And uh, understand that one of the key uh, reason, uh, way to get successful is that you have to develop your people skills. True. Uh, people hate being sold. They just hate being sold. I hate being sold. Yeah. People love to buy, and uh, so while, what you got to do is to be an effective communicator. And you learn to ask questions to see whether there's a fit and you know i don't recruit everybody because i you know it's like trying to push wet noodles up a hill if they don't have <laughs> if they don't have the desire and the and the sincere and willingness to learn and be coachable i yeah. can't do anything for them so number one you've got to have the right mental attitude to build a team and people got to be willing to plug into all the systems take the training you know, get involved with all the self-help books, motivation. I'm aligned a little bit with, um, you know, uh, on a on a superficial level, but I'm aligned with John asaraf with Inner Size, which nice. is all about yeah. how to program the brain and brain. how to be more than who you are. So the learning curve is very steep in network marketing. It's like nothing you've ever done in your life. The yes. blessing is, it's a very short learning curve.
0: So true. I agree on that. Well, um. Now, we have a lot of young entrepreneurs and immigrants in this country, and we are filled up with what's called cosmopolitan city and country. And so this question regarding to that, like how to recognize opportunity when you are young, because you, you as a young entrepreneur. So, but the trend has changed now. A lot of immigrants are here and people are highly educated too, no doubt. But how do you recognize opportunities when you are young? So
1: how do they recognize what? Pardon me.
0: Uh, the opportunities, because oh. there's so, we are bombarded with so many opportunities, how to recognize that so young well, people can not get drifted out?
1: I guess when it comes down to network marketing, I guess the simple answer to that would be by my book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because, well,
0: that's good. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you about that because, question soon.
1: <laughs> because what I bring to the table is 50 years of experience, and I've served in every single capacity in the network marketing business model. i've been a million dollar earner as a distributor i've been a consultant i've been a coach Um, i have been the sale i've been a field development vice president to develop leadership and i've been a ceo and all that so i know it's like an insider playbook on everything that you need to know about the business and in one of the chapters chapter two i have quite an extensive chapter, everything about network marketing, all the industry statistics, the countries, what it is not, what it is, the kind of people that are attracted to it, whether it's a fit for you. I mean, it's fully, uh, it's a checklist and it's it's all generic. I'm not promoting any company. It's all about how you evaluate a network marketing opportunity.
0: Great. So uh, I know there is a plague, but a lot of people are while I guess driving or listening somewhere. So please tell me about your book and the name.
1: Yeah, the book, of course, is my first 50 years in network marketing from survival to significance. Now, uh, I want to address the subtitle. Yeah. Uh, when I first got into network marketing, um, it was all about me. Um, yeah. I, was, I was a broke farm boy. Uh, I liked nice cars, nice things and so my goals were pretty much materialistic, okay. um, and uh, I still have a passion for nice clothes and nice cars, but they were the top of the list of my my goals, right? And so it was only, and one of the things that I found out, and it was a stark realization, I remember when I was 26 years old, I had just started a company in Australia, and I, my dream car was a Ferrari. So I went out, when I was 26, I bought a brand new Dino Ferrari. And uh, I ate, slept, and dreamed in that car for weeks at a time and never went in the house. I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> but after I had it for about a couple of months, it meant nothing more to me. It was just rubber, wheel, rubber tires and another car, and I didn't even wash it. People used to write their name on my car, why don't you wash your Ferrari? Because it, it, it was a materialistic result of my dreams and goals, but it didn't give me fulfillment. And Tony, okay. Robbins, Tony Robbins says that the ultimate failure is success without fulfillment.
0: So true. I agree on that. Well, and,
1: yeah. and so just on that note, I just decided that uh, I needed to uh, bring other people up with me. The nice thing about network marketing, in the corporate world, you climb ladders. And then when you get up to the top, you pull the ladder up and you put nobody else can come up to steal your corporate position. In network marketing, you put down a hundred ladders and bring them all up. So So I I realized when I started working harder on other people and developing other people, that's when success really happened and when I felt fulfilled.
0: Excellent. Well, everybody, I highly encourage whenever you can get a chance to get your copy soon with your autograph as well too, which I got my autograph copy as well. Thanks for giving me that. When it was released, it was an honor that you gave me one of your 10... before the ten books you sold out out there, great. So now, during this new trend in modern industry, sometimes spouses are, they some spouses making more money than the other one. Now, the, the question is how to protect love relationship from not getting too egoistic about money.
1: Whoa! Uh, <laughs> here, here's it's an interesting thing. Here are some of the hard facts, though.
0: Okay. Do
1: you know that? There's about one point, um, I guess there's a probably about 119 million people involved, registered as direct sellers or network marketers in more than about almost 100 countries. Okay. You know that 85% of them are female.
0: Wow. I knew it, but I want to know from your side because you are the great, great grandfather now, of the king of, kin of network marketing. Wow. 85%? Can you say yeah, it again, now, please? It,
1: the figures are a little bit skewed because there are three or four major billion dollar organizations that are primarily all women like Mary Kay. And yeah. uh, so they're all women, you know, but exactly. uh, but here's the int- <laughs> <it's an> interesting <laughs> scenario that I see all the time. Women are more open to entrepreneurship because they can break the glass ceiling of, uh, you know, of the um, uh, female gender in corporate yep. America. And they also uh, they get away from any sexual harassment situations that have occurred and, oh, true. and so true. forth. But here's the interesting thing. When I see a married couple come to a meeting or a presentation, even online and Zoom,
0: the, yeah.
1: husband, the husband comes along, the wife's all excited, and the husband, she, he says, I'll support you, honey, but it's your business. Okay. And then the, the woman goes along, she gets her first $10,000 check, and the husband yeah. says, when he gets, a, when she starts to get an award or a recognition, he says, this is our business. Uh, <laughs> this is our business. Oh no, my God. To that, answer that's so more qu- your question, though, more to the point, yes, is please. that one thing for sure, and I've lived this experience, when, in order to be successful in anything, you have to be passionate. If you're so not true. passionate as a leader, you'll have a lot of uncommitted followers in your team. So, so when true. you're passionate when you have, when you're married or in a relationship, if you don't grow together, yeah, you will grow apart. There's just no stopping it. So okay. it's really, really important that you focus on on conversations and and make a commitment to grow yourselves personally in yeah. your relationship, grow yourself together in business, and understand ultimately that. Um, you know, that it's a together business. Together business. part. It's,
0: it's for, for together. It's nothing to the way, about one. One is earning more or less. Yes.
1: By the way, you're a big uh, Think and Grow Rich uh, Yes,
0: I'm a point. certified international, certified instructor yeah. from Think and Grow Rich, from Napoleon Hill Foundation. Being a first Indian in 1.3 billion people. Yeah, I know. I'm being so a proud. first male Canadian, yes. <laughs> I'm so
1: proud of you on that when I heard that. But I remember there's a chapter in Napoleon Hill that hit me really hard when I was 21, 22 years of age, he said about sex transmu- uh, transmutation, right? Yes,
0: yeah. yes. He said that
1: men in life don't work to impress men. Yes. They work to impress women. A man can only look good in the eyes of a woman. Uh-huh, I, be, I agree. Whether that be in the woman he's chasing uh, romantically or their wives or whatever. So it is that inherent power of a woman to get if they're doing it on the wrong way, they can destroy a man's ambition. So yeah. I was a shy guy, right? I, I couldn't I was really shy. So yeah. I just buried myself in my business because I didn't want to be challenged by going down the wrong track chasing too many women. That might get I me off track. I know. That's- but but here's the thing. Women, women now in today's world. Um, and the statistics that we show it, uh, the big challenge now is men feel threatened by women with who feel themselves as equals. And so men, a lot of men are have an ego problem trying to keep women beneath them as uh, uh, codependent. That no, is old thinking. That is old mentality. And We're all yeah. humans. We all have a brain. We all have what we believe in and treat each other as equals and we'll do great. So true.
0: So true. Thanks so lo- Thanks so much, Harvey, for uh, highlighting this, your golden nuggets and practical uh, strategy and uh, examples over the egoistic because money can break any damn relationship. And I've seen Absolutely. since childhood, I grew up with all the multimillionaires around and I've seen most of the biggest um, issue, the motives usually there there are nine motives as we say in, in uh, thinking grow rich book but one of the three first motives are love sex and money yeah. these are the big three motives plays a big role in any human's life and they can make it or break it if we do not control all that you know,
1: okay I have one yes, last God. comment uh, one of my earlier investors in a company when i first moved to california was a multi millionaire um and he's unfortunately rest in peace he's no longer with me but Uh, He said to me one thing, it was a statement he made and I'll never forget. He said, Harvey, just, we talked about money. And he said, Harvey, remember one thing. Money is a great uh, slave, but a horrible master.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I like that. I like that. I'll take that to my consideration. Okay. So now let's jump to our second round. This round called Make the World Happy Round. So your short and sweet and humorous answer are welcome. Now, you have to choose one, Harvey. What will you choose from time, money, love, or sex? Time. All right. Great. Next. Um,
1: I, I, have okay. to say, I have to say time. I've always felt that, but uh, time is... Uh, like a roll of toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. The, the smaller the roll, the faster it spins. Right. So yeah. One thing I noticed: I'll be seventy-four next month. Time just keeps flying. So um, I want to live to about one hundred and fifty. Uh, so uh, time is important to me.
0: Excellent. I'm on your same group, same boat. I'm following you, but I'm not that old. But I'm, I would love to live more than hundred, definitely, to see the world and inspire and learn a lot. Okay. Next, what is most powerful: a thought or idea? or a story, or all three?
1: Okay, a story-
0: Thought, an idea, or a story. What is most powerful, or all three?
1: Well, it's a combination of three, but you know, uh, an idea without the the entrepreneurial mindset or being able to make it a reality, it's worth nothing, you know? Uh, Okay. yeah, so it's a combination of three.
0: Combination of, yeah. okay, all right, fair enough. Now you've been in this industry for over 50 years and you've been a wonderful, a successful entrepreneur, millionaire, and you've met all the things. My question is, what is the prediction of 2022 next year?
1: Well, um, if I may be so bold just to tie it together with what I'm doing, um, yeah. I, first of all, of all the decades that I've lived on this planet, and been through every imaginable economic turbulence, up you know, anything that's ever been disruptive to yeah. humanity. Okay, all this right. Is fir- this is the first time in the world that no one was safe, no immunity. In other words, yeah. it didn't matter what the job was, it didn't matter the profession, small business, or whatever, people's lives were, I mean, totally changed. Okay. So, um, in the Chinese character set, the uh, character set for, um, What is called um, crises is the same as for opportunity. Okay, wonderful. So the greater the crises, the greater the opportunity. So, so as we come out, some of the biggest, most successful businesses have already started during the pandemic, and for network marketers, this was a blessing because Google had millions and millions and millions of searches every day. People dialing in work from home how do i work from home how do i make money from home and that's what we deliver that's our product we have an income opportunity from home so our the, the legitimate companies and network marketing grew exponentially during the last 15 months and 22 will i think will be the biggest year in the history of our uh, industry
0: I, I believe so on that too as well hey amen we all deserve greatness happiness and wealth too as well Next, what and who inspired you to be the happiest person?
1: Probably my mother.
0: Okay, well, that's great.
1: Because she... anytime I I was bullied when I went to school and I hated going to school because I was afraid of the kids and I ended up getting stomach colitis because I'd I'd be on the toilet having diarrhea before I went to school because I was afraid to go to school. And, And my mother always always told me that I was as good as anybody else. Nobody was better than me. And anytime I I complained I couldn't do something, she said, when I said can't, she says can't's a coward, too lazy to try. And and so therefore, um, I just felt really, really uh, internally strong, even though outwardly I was fearful. But I want to share one last thing about happiness. Yes. My default position as a result of that is happy. That's my default.
0: Excellent. And, and that's <laughs> yeah.
1: And what happened is I will never forget in my uh, I've been married a couple of times, unfortunately, but my first marriage uh, was with this lady for 12 years. She woke me up one morning and she looked at me and she, she said, you know, you're weird. And I said, what do you mean? She says, have you I've been with you for 12 years. Never once have I ever woke up where you were not smiling from ear to ear and happy and bounced out of bed. Are you oh. weird? Is there something matter uh, with you? And I said, what do you want me to be sad and unhappy and worryful? Because that's who I am.
0: Yes. Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing this. Okay. Next. How do you know if someone is broke? Now you have recruited tens of thousands of people in the world and you know, in and out someone is rich and all. So but, how do you know someone is
1: broke? You know, um, actually broke's not a bad thing. Okay. All right. Because, okay because you know what I agree people Tony Robbins says that in life you need a desperation or inspiration
0: sure. so true okay next
1: so if they're broke I can help them change that if they're poor yeah that's to the marrow of the bone forever because it's a mindset
0: okay well that's good it is a moral duty not to be poor I believe so that's right so that's and uh, how do we know if someone is rich
1: Well, certainly not by the car they drive.
0: Okay. All right. Next. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I agree that. Okay. What is the quality of rich and happy people?
1: Oh, progress.
0: Progress. Excellent. Okay. Never say that specific word or a sentence when a man is angry. Never. Never say a specific word or a sentence when a man is angry.
1: You mean how I would respond to? It?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's say with you. It, people should not say something to you when you're angry.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Um, well, that's an unfair question because I'm very no. I very rarely ever ever get angry. I could probably count on my hand four times in my life.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like that, we'll skip. So I'm okay. This I
1: at a disadvantage to answer that.
0: Okay. Great. Now imagine. If God makes you a woman for a day, what will you do more of or less of?
1: Well, first of all, I wouldn't look at myself at my gender. Okay. I, I would be all that I'm capable of being. Excellent. As a human, and also um, grow myself. And what I wouldn't do, um, I would try to curtail one of the most evil forces that destroys. Uh, mental attitude, and that is to avoid the force of jealousy.
0: Okay, wonderful. What a wonderful answer you have given me. I have so many guests on my show. This is one of my favorite answers. Okay, <laughs> next. Um, what is the best money advice that you have ever received?
1: Oh, stay clear of fast, easy money schemes. Uh, okay. the lure, the, listen, the lure of easy money clouds yeah. good judgment
0: excellent answer love it now what is the worst advice you have ever received
1: <laughs> well <laughs> i didn't act upon it but uh the worst advice any, in my industry is that harvey just sign up and i'll start putting people underneath you and build your team for you <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> that's good so that's very intelligent okay now do you still make money while you are sleeping I sure do. Oh my goodness. That's good. I would have you know, loved it. I knew
1: it, minute. but I wanted to know. <laughs> you know, Warren Buffett said, reportedly said, that if you don't find a way of making money while you sleep, you'll work until you die.
0: Aha. Excellent. I like that. So beautiful. Now, what is your secret of your health?
1: Whoa. Well, attitude number one. Okay. Um, And also, I... I have a a good lifestyle, I'm not in the gym every day, but I try to be mobile. And uh, I attribute where I'm at in my life right now, for the last nine years, I've been taking some scientifically breakthrough products that have changed the whole world when it comes to what we call biohacking and uh, nutrigenomics. And my blood work that I get done annually shows that my blood work is that of a 25 year old. And uh, I've also never had a cold, flu, or bug for about four and a half years. Never been sick.
0: Wow. That's why I knew it. You are such a healthy person, happy and rich. All combination is very rare to see. Wonderful. And world will also get some inspired with your answer too. Next. Um, Do you agree that one should pick a spouse who is better than the other?
1: Depends upon how fragile or strong your ego is, your self-image.
0: Okay, I agree I like, with that.
1: I like I like strong women.
0: Okay, perfect. That's good. That's why they are. There's the big and a very common thing is that behind every successful man there is a wonderful, beautiful man, a uh, beautiful woman who yeah. supports him throughout the life. I strongly agree with that the moral support of a woman is way, way, way very important. important. Very important. Yeah. Okay. Next, if you had to live over hey, your hey, life by again, by the way, that's one woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> never have multiple things. No. Okay. Harvey next. If, if you had to live your life over again, what would you do differently? Nothing. Okay. You're happy and content. I'm so let me, happy. Let me, with just,
1: let me just put one statement to that.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a lot of friends who watch me and I've made some mistakes and I've been, I've been cash flow broke a few times. Okay. And um, not a good place to be, but I'll tell you, it never affected my attitude and my self-image because I knew I'd just get back on my feet faster, stronger. However, my friends who always like to give me a dig every once in a while say, Harvey, that was the stupidest thing you ever did. You wouldn't listen to me. Uh, if you if you had had an opportunity to do it over again, would you do uh, differently? I said, no, because you see. All of us are some sum total of life's experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, right? True. And I'm happy with who I am. There's that word happy, right? So uh-huh. I'm, I'm happy with who I am, how I turned out. I don't need anybody else to make me happy. It's an inside job. I am True. happy. If I did anything different, it may have turned out different, and I may not be the person I am. So I wouldn't change anything.
0: I like it be happy with whatever you are, wherever you are, however you are in any country, any language, any education or without education, be happy and content. I love that. Excellent. Next, Um, how to make life decision quickly? Well, I I know it takes time and patience, but I want to add on, but I want to know this very critical question
1: actually. Well, let me just say this, one common trait of very successful people, regardless of the size of the decision and the implications of a wrong decision, most successful people either have enough accumulated uh, wisdom from life's experiences to have a a resource in their brain how to know what to look at or how to filter that, and enough self-image that they're supremely confident. So the common trait is, successful people make decisions very quickly and very seldom ever change them
0: change them exactly well, i like people that
1: who, people who have a problem are always taken forever to decide and then ch- qu- quickly changing them as soon as something doesn't turn out yep. the way they expect that because it validates maybe they made the wrong decision in the first place i love than, that rather than stick to their guns
0: guns i love that answer thanks so much Harvey. Next. What superpower do you wish you could have with you always?
1: I have it. Oh, I love it.
0: Okay, so you don't want to disclose to the world?
1: Yeah, I'm very deeply (laughs) rooted in my Christian beliefs and faith.
0: I love it. Amen, amen to that. Yeah, thank you, Yarwe. Amen, yeah. Next, do you consider yourself good with money or love? Good with money. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like
1: T- here's an interesting side note on that.
0: Okay, please. One
1: thing that I reason I say I'm good with money. I am not a uh, impulsive buyer. Okay. Um, even in my early day, and maybe it's because I grew up with the respect of money from my parents, and saw how hard they worked, and ended up with really with not a lot. Um, for example, if I walk into any kind of a showroom, whether it be a brand new car showroom, or whether it be a, a, a Harry Rosen for a new suit or whatever. And the salespeople, of course, they, they're on you right away and they you, they start trying suits on and then they'll say like, uh, you know, we've only, they look in the computer, we only got one this size, <laughs> and, you know, all the tactics, and I then know. They'll, say, yeah. they'll say, you know, can we put it aside and I'll say, I'll tell you what, you can put it aside, uh, can you hold it for 24 hours or 48 hours, but I'll never buy it on the spot huh. and then I won't come back for maybe two days. And if it's still there, yeah, it's meant for me to buy. If it's not there, it's saved me the decision.
0: So I love that. That's a great answer. Okay, next. Choose one, who will be rich? The person who says, I want lots of money, or the second person says the exact amount to earn it and put a deadline to serve it?
1: The, The latter.
0: Okay, so... The, the, there are two types of people. There are People say like, oh, I want a lot of money, but they don't define it. But there are second type of people who set exactly the amount of the money and they try put, they put deadline on it and they try to earn it. So who will be the, good, who will be the richest one?
1: I, well, I, I need to qualify an, my answer.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it depends the motivation of what they're trying to achieve uh, with that money, right? Because okay. here's the thing. We live in this instant gratification society and everybody wants to be rich so they can live this opulent lifestyle with cars, clothes, apartments, you know, condos. But the problem is, and I watched one of your previous shows, even some of your most successful wealthy people were times where they had millions of dollars in assets where but were broke because they couldn't even pay for a meal. Yeah. So the key is not how much money or assets you got. Okay. Financial freedom, according to Hart T. Eckert, yes, Robert Kiyosaki, is a is a cash flow, a positive cash flow coming from passive or residual income. And That's you're fina- you're financially free when you can for however long you can live the lifestyle you desire without ever having to go back to work. You don't need to be rich, rich. to be Financially free, and that's where network marketing is such a blessing. So, if I, if you're thinking about setting up a goal to be financially free, hey, this is how we do it.
0: Excellent, excellent, Harry. Now, okay, next. Now, imagine if you would be the host of this show, and I would be the guest. What question you will ask
1: me? Well, I'm all because of my interests of people, just like you're interviewing me. I would not, I really want to know more about what your purpose is. What is your why? Or if you had, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would that change? And Would that change anything in your life and what you do, how you do it or, you know, whatever. That's, those are some of the questions I'd probably want to know.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for asking this one of the permanent and profound questions. I would like to give you the best answer of my intelligence would be my purpose and my why is, definitely serving others with passion compassion towards the knowledge and, and and skills and talent i have so serving others with passion whatever the line of field i'm expert in one and and, and the, if i win a lottery and what i'm going to do is i will be happiest person more than that no doubt but with that money i will still serve other people to make them more happier than where they are. So as I, in my opening sentence in my show, I said that money, how much, like money is, is not a bad thing. It is a good education, helping the poor people and the fortunate people. I have seen till this, my age, so much of luxury and money. I think if I will win a lottery, obviously I will try to help people where they need more than me. So that is my why and purpose too. And ser- ser- serving others is my passion and why. And I found this way to do the show so that people can hear the most happiest people like you, their thoughts, ideas, and stories so they can get inspired and empower and make the world the happiest place. Okay. okay.
1: Great answer then. That's, uh, and that is what you will do. I Thank know. you.
0: Thanks, Harvey, my friend. Okay, next, we are all getting close. This is the second last question. So what is your favorite word or your quote?
1: Favorite word.
0: uh. Or maybe a quote.
1: Here's a quote. I've been saying. There's two quotes that I have.
0: Okay, please go ahead.
1: One that I I say quite often to others and one that I say to myself.
0: Okay, please go ahead.
1: The first one is, may you be better for knowing me, not less because of it.
0: Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: If I can't bring value or enrich your life in some way, Uh, i failed. So, may you be better for knowing me. The other one, I am a very passionate advocate of self-talk.
0: Self-talk. I like that. What do you
1: say when you talk to yourself, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, I have been programming my self-talk for 58, 60 years. And here's what I say. And I'll say it out loud when I'm driving to myself in the shower or whatever (laughs) I say. Day by day and every way. Through the grace of God, I am getting better and better.
0: I love it. Day by day and every way. Every way. Getting...
1: Through the grace of God, I am getting better. better,
0: and, better. and better. What a wonderful, what? wonderful God.
1: I try every day to be a better version of myself than I was Lovely. yesterday.
0: How can I improve myself today? This is also one of my questions I ask myself in the morning. How can I improve myself today? How can I be the best friend and the best lover and the best... And an entrepreneur in yeah. the line of field too. And I can coach and consult other. Okay, this is the last question of the show and we will wrap it now. What is your message to the beautiful people of the world?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, you have within you the innate God-given talents to be, you're more than enough and to be able to achieve anything that you dare dream that uh you want and uh and just realize that uh everything in life is a dichotomy you must be willing to fail in order to succeed you must understand that the greater your dreams the bigger your dreams the the larger the the obstacles they're all proportionate okay so a lot of people with with uh, uh will take and break if they have a dream, they'll build up all the obstacles they can so it overshadows their dream, and then they give up before they start. But somebody that's self-image, self-confidence, and believe in themselves and in God, whatever that big dream is, they will then figure out the how and break it down into little bite-sized chunks. And life is a cinch, inch by inch, it's hard by the yard. So just pursue your dreams, never give up. You're never a failure unless you quit.
0: I love that. Thanks. Thanks so much, Harvey, for sharing your precious time, your wisdom, your thoughts and idea and your story. I know you're one of the happiest, richest and very kind person on planet Earth. And we need many, many more positive soul like you. I also want to say thanks so much to all the wonderful audience who has been so kind and supportive today. And until next week, we will wait for another special guest. Till then, keep watching the Happy Conversation Idea Show. I'm your host, Happy Benz, the noble servant to Share the most happiest people's thoughts, ideas, and story of happiest people. Thank you so much. Until next Sunday. Thanks, RV. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you.